Thank you for attending on a holiday weekend. It's our privilege to have you here. Whether you're visiting with us or you're a regular attender, I want to show you a couple of things. Oh, did I? Okay, I'm okay. I'm going to show you a couple of things on the screen that I've been wanting to share with you. Okay, I need, I need some help from everybody to move into the middle so we got more space for people to sit. So if you have room in the middle, scoot to the middle a little bit so there's seats on the aisles, and that'll just help people fit in a little bit. So thank you for that, Tim. Appreciate letting me know. I think I got everything in the right spot. Gadgets and gizmos. So we had an SOS I, I didn't share with you last week, uh, but I think we're ready this week to kind of show you some of those pictures. And no, there's no uh, song and a fancy little video thing. I'm just going to show you what we did. So if this is the aerial view of Oxford High School, and you'll see the Performing Arts Center there, and then the courtyard. The courtyard that we worked on was right here. It's really not used very much at the school. The main entrance is here. If you go to see a play, you walk in here, and you're in this this whole little place, and you can see this is all glass, and this courtyard was a mess. I mean, it was all weeds. Um, let me see. You can tell that it was just... There was nothing about the courtyard. It was just ugly. It was just weeds and nasty stuff that hadn't been taken care of in a long time. Uh, you can just see it has been let go. This poor pathetic thing. I'm not sure if that was a tree or a weed that kind of acted like a tree, but it was something. Um, and then, uh, let's see, a couple other, well, this is, we left that there because it's right by the art department. Those of you Oxford students, you know where the art room is. It's right outside of there as well. And they had done this a while back, made these little things. So we kept those, but you can just see it just needed help. Just needed a little love. There was a fence there. That was literally the fence. The things were all messed up, falling down. So anyways, we got to work. We just took all the weeds, all the pea gravel, everything out of there. And uh, we, we started to uh, just clean up, first of all. And uh, we had all that pea gravel to put somewhere. Thankfully, in, front of, or in the back of the school, they had an area that was like three inches below the parking lot and needed something. So we took all the old pea gravel and threw it out there. So we killed two birds with one stone there. But you can see we went to work digging, pulling weeds. And then this is the difference, by the way. This is... This is before Jared came in with XL Cleaning Brothers, and then this is after the power clean. You can just tell. Beautiful, huh? Great job. And this is what it looked like after we were done. We've got some pretty flowers. Yes! Yeah, we trimmed that tree. It made that look better. Um, we've got a new fence. Yeah, a new fence. That looks so much better. Julie and I are going to go paint that black, by the way. I just needed to let it dry some. Uh, new fence there. Some pretty decorative things. And that was, remember that area? It was all weeds. And that's an actual tree. We put an actual tree. It's meant to be a tree. So it's no longer a weed hoping to be a tree. And uh, what, what we did is we put a lot of these around because uh, the lady, Amy, in charge of uh, the food services or, or works in food service, she's going to water these things and keep them up, take them in in the winter so they can be reused next year. Isn't that beautiful? It looks good. Yes. Yes. Look at that. Huh? Ah, oh, Wonderful. Good job. Good job was done by all. And thank you for all of you who are able to participate with that SOS project. Special thanks. There were some people from the church came over and did an undercover SOS, I'd call it. They came over to help me. We had five yards of mulch at my house, and my back was just not going to like that. And so there was a group that came over and just helped us spread that. I thank them for that. Just a personal thank you for that. And then we've got something coming up for all of us at Oakwood. Uh, Stand Ministries is going off to Kentucky. 
July 2nd through that they're going uh, by July 19th. But between July 2nd tomorrow and July 19th, we're going to be doing a hygiene supply drive. And the flyer tells you everything you need to know about it. There's seven items basically. I'll walk through them real quickly. Body wash, toothbrushes, uh, new by the way, no recycling please. Shampoo, loofah, because everybody needs a loofah. Combs, hairbrushes, all these kind of items we're going to bring to Oakwood and collect them here. And then when they go to Kentucky on their the Kentucky project into the hills there, they're going to be going to the schools where they'll deliver these supplies for these children who don't have these things. And so it's a wonderful thing that, that Stan Ministries does uh, preparing to do that. So we're going to help them out. So you can pick up one of these flyers in the lobby. I'm sure it's at the Oak. Again, there's a welcome kiosk out there. But then there's the oak. The oak is on the far side as you leave. You can see it right by the exit door. Stop at the oak. Pick up one of these flyers so you know the items. Pick up some of those items and bring them here to the church between now and July 19th. We'll make sure they get in the trailer and off to Kentucky with Stand Ministries. Thank you for helping with that. Let's do well. Let's really stock them well to do this ministry. Let's pray for that too. I'm going to just stop and pray for the Stand Ministries. Father, I pray a blessing on the Stand Ministries as they go and do this project where they help. And Lord, I know they make presentations and we pray for the power to be present for that and the the message to be clear. But God, delivering these items is such a blessing. These kids uh, can have things that they don't normally have uh, just for normal hygiene, things that we kind of take for granted. I pray a blessing on this opportunity. I pray Oakwood would just overly and abundantly, uh, beyond all excess, that we would bring these items and provide. And there's other churches. We're not the only one. We're thankful to be part of many churches who support Stand Ministries. So help us and our other brothers and sisters in Christ to do well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So before I get into our wrap-up of spiritual gifts, uh, we joked earlier, we are down to one pastor on staff. And uh, I want to thank our elders. Our elders are wise and they want to watch and be careful with things. But we want to let you as a church know, first and foremost, that students matter to us, students in middle school, high school, and college. And we are not going to let the ball drop. And we are picking up and doing more probably than was being done before uh, Uh, to encourage our students so they can continue on. Uh, Ben's departure was rather quick, and uh, we've had to make some adjustments because it was rather quick. One of the things that we were working on before he planned to leave was a missions trip to Chicago, and that's supposed to happen starting next Sunday. We had to cancel that trip uh, without Ben being able to be with me, and it, it was just dumped on my lap. The elders just simply said, no. No, we're not going to do that to our pastor. Uh, pretty much, I think the meeting went like this. You're our only pastor left. We can't kill you the first week of July and expect you to continue on. And so I love their wisdom, uh, but we're also making sure that these students aren't left in the dust. So, so just so you know, uh, Julie and I and some of the youth staff are going to take those teens who had signed up for that missions trip. We're taking them to Chicago next Monday for a two-night trip. We're going to be staying at my home church where I grew up, and we're going to be doing a 
work project there one day. On Monday, we're going to be doing a work project, painting their chapel and their facilities. Uh, and then I'm taking them out for pizza, Gino's East, of course, right? I'm going to do that. Then we come home first thing Tuesday morning. It's a short trip. It's by, by far, we understand it doesn't replace what we were planning on doing with our teens, but we just want to let those teens know that we love them and we don't want them to be discouraged. So we're going to serve together. But we have a schedule. Parents, if you haven't seen this uh, in church, you wouldn't know this because only the parents of student ministries got this. We have a schedule for the rest of the summer. We're doing something almost every week with the students. And we have homes hosting us to come over. We're doing some things away from the church building. And so we are going to be active. Um, it, It didn't take too long for me to dust off 25 years of professional youth ministry and to throw out my philosophy of youth ministry, and that's this. We will provide a purposeful planned aggressive relationship purposeful planned aggressive ministry to teens and their parents that's balanced in the areas of outreach, fellowship, discipleship, and service. Amen? That's a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do all those things. We're going to do them well. And uh, so be praying for us as we do that. Uh, We are still looking and talking right now to somebody possibly being our assistant pastor. Uh, We'll keep you informed if if that happens, if that gets close to happening. Uh, Pray for that to happen. uh, Because come fall, we want to make sure that we're running on all cylinders. And if this is the only cylinder, we're not going to be running very well. But we will do our best. Amen? And you'll step up, right? I didn't like that. Let's try that one more time. And you'll step up, right? Oh, thank you. That's good to hear. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians. Skip chapter 12 and go right to 13 just for a little bit. 1 Corinthians 13. And this is our key. This was our theme verse throughout the whole series. Let me read it and then we'll pray. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 2. Remembering that in 1 Corinthians 12, we talked a lot about the spiritual gifts. Then Paul reminds us this. If I speak in the tongues or languages of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have to get the prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. So the spiritual gifts aren't for us as individuals. They're not to boost our pride. It's all meant to be done humbly and in love. And love is the selfless willing sacrifice for the good of another person, even if we don't deserve it and not expecting anything in return. And so love, everybody say love. Love Love is how we share what God has gifted us. Let Let me pray a sin this morning. Would you pray this prayer? You don't have to say anything out loud. But if you just pray, God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. And God, I pray that you would be glorified. I pray that the people hearing this, that they would be edified. And I pray that Satan would be horrified. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I pick up where we left off last week. There's several other verses back in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. I'll remind you that we're told there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. 
Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Once again, this whole series based on spiritual gifts is to help you understand uh, maybe and, and put a finger on your specific giftedness. Maybe you haven't figured that out yet. We're going to give you tools to do that today. So in our recap, what we've learned so far is who gives a spiritual gift? God gives them. And in that verse we just read, we see a Trinitarian view. Uh, we saw the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit all involved in distributing spiritual gift. Who gets them? Every Christian. If you are a believer sitting here today, then you've been given a spiritual gift. You've also been given the Holy Spirit himself. Where's my middle school students? So I got any middle school students? Raise your hand. Don't be shy. Middle school students, if you are saved, you've got the Holy Spirit living in you. And I'm going to tell you a secret, church. God does not give a junior high or a junior high portion of the Spirit. That's what I love about that. You need to know that they have the Holy Spirit residing in them. High school students, you don't get a high school portion. You get the Holy Spirit in you. And adults, you have been given the Holy Spirit in you, and it's the whole thing. You don't... You don't get more of a portion the better you are. You don't get more of a portion the older you are. The beautiful news is God gives us his spirit to reside in us. And then we get gifts to serve. We have gifts to serve and the motivation to do it and the urging to do it. What a beautiful thing. So every Christian, the Bible says every one, each one. And why are they given? So that we can serve the common good. Everybody say common good. They're to serve the church. You're not a lone ranger. You shouldn't be out there on your own just using gifts on your own uh, by yourself. It's meant to be done in a body. Quite often when Paul talks about spiritual giftedness, he talks about the body of Christ. And he explains not everybody's a hand, not everybody's a nose, not everybody's an eye. Why should the ear say to the mouth, I can't talk? Or, you know, he gives all these illustrations. Why? Making sure you understand that you don't have all the gifts by yourself. But he's put you in a collective, the body of Christ, so that you do what he gave you to do, but everybody else also does what God gave. And God, so thankful as a non-administrator, God works all that out. He does. Now, I've prayed before, Lord, I need need specific things, you know. And God always provides. Uh, God always provides. Sometimes he provides people we already had that the Holy Spirit lets them know we need you and they step up. Uh, But even in natural talents, and we learn that natural talents are not spiritual gifts. However, God uses our natural talents in our giftedness, right? I remember we lost our drummer. I, I was the youth band, you know, and, and we'd had a really good band and, and we lost our drummer. We had no drummers, Colton. I mean, it was bad. I mean, no hope. I mean, like, you can't lose your drummer and then have a drummer. It takes a year, you know, right? Didn't Jimmy start you when you were young? And you, you learn, it took a while before you... And, and so I'm like, Lord, I don't have time to wait for years. I need a drummer. I was literally praying that in my office when I heard a knock on my door and a man came in and he, he introduced himself. He was actually a pastor at a church south of Battle Creek. It was a tiny little country church. And he, he came in and he, he started asking, he said, Pastor, I just came because I know you've got a student ministries here and I would really like my son to be involved in your student ministries. He's still going to be at our church, 
but come to your youth group. I say, hey, we're going to respect that. We're, we're going to know, he's going to know that he's yours, but we'll do youth ministry. He'll have youth ministry stuff. And we worked it all out. It was so exciting. He was so grateful. And he turned to leave and they stopped. He said, oh, by the way, he's a drummer. Could you use a drummer? <laughs> I'm like, what? No way. I think God loves doing that. He loves to remind us he's got this. God brings people into Oakwood. He fills his church. Now, you have a choice to make whether you're going to use that giftedness in this body. We encourage you to. And again, this series was not to manipulate you or strong arm you or twist your arm. I totally trust that the Holy Spirit can urge you to use the giftedness to serve in this body. So we're not going to come after you, but we're going to trust that you'll come to us and say, you know what? I just really believe I need to do this. I need to be involved. How can I help you as a church? And we'll wait and we'll take it then. So what's going to happen today, there is an assessment and we just put it out outside. We didn't put out before because you wouldn't listen to anything I'm saying. You'd be playing with the test the whole time. And so I did not allow you to have it ahead of time. Do not leave. And if anybody has to go to the bathroom, you're not allowed to pick up the assessment. When you leave today... Pick up one of the assessments. Each person takes one, young and old. Take one of the assessments. And here's my offer. You can take it home and work through it. The instructions are there. You can do the whole thing, and then it tells you how to score the assessment so that you come up with an answer of your top three giftedness things. You can do this all on your own. Now listen, we're going to be out early today, purposefully. I'm going to finish the, the, the gifts that we started last week, and then I'm going to be done. We're going to have communion. I'm going to be done. I would strongly urge you to go get the assessment and then come back and do it here. Because I know, I know it's 4th of July weekend, and you got watermelon to cut, right? And you got stuff you got to do. And so potato salad's got to be made. And so if you take the assessment, you know a week from now you're going to be like, oh, where'd that go? I didn't do that. You're going to forget. So I offer you this. Once we're totally, completely done today, stay here, do it. That way you have it and you know you've done it, okay? That's just my offer to you. So let's get back to it. God's gifts are given to God's children so that God's world might be drawn to God's son. Once again, God does this for his glory, not for ours. Last week's recap, what are the spiritual gifts? We talked about administration, discernment, encouragement, evangelism, faith, giving, and helps. Today, we pick that up from there, and we're going on to part two. What are the spiritual gifts? Uh, those are the passages we've used to pull these gifts from. And we'll move forward talking about the different types of gifts. And this is just how I've explained it. I, I'm the first to tell you we love in America to do this, kind of organizing everything and put it in bullet points. I'm not saying this is exactly what God uh, put out there for us. It is interesting that there's different passages and different gifts listed in the different passages. So there are motivational gifts. And I told you last week, and I stand by it, most of you are going to have a motivational gift. This is a gift of serving. It's, it's prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, administration, mercy. Those are the common gifts. But then there's ministry gifts over here. 
where God gave the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. That's a calling. There's a calling into an office of these things. You might have some of those gifts, but maybe you weren't called into the office of that leadership role. You can have all sorts of shepherding gifts, but you might not call to be an elder. But you can still have the gift of shepherding. So just want to make that clear. And then there's the manifestation gifts. And again, you remember what I said last week. The main things are the plain things, and the plain things are the main things. There is no agreement in Christendom from any perspective, one to another, on the manifestation gifts, the sign gifts. Um, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy of discernment, kinds of tongues, and interpretation of, of tongues. I hope you can simply appreciate the fact that I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. We're trying to be respectful of all. I do have opinions. Some people talked to me afterward and thought I was some kind of a shrinking violet. Afraid to speak. Those of you who know me are like, (laughs) have you been around? This guy says stuff all the time. It's not that I'm afraid to speak my mind. It's that what good would that do? What good would it do in the body of Christ to create divisiveness? There's no need to do that. Where there's not clarity, there does not need to be dogmatism. And so we're moving forward with that. So respect that. Uh, both sides, there's, there's people on way far sides of that whole thing. Just respect that that's what we're doing, okay? And then, uh, let's see. The main things are playing the plain thing. And we go. The spiritual gift of hospitality. Sorry, I'm going to turn my back to you most of today. But we'll walk through these. The definition of the spiritual gift of hospitality. The gift of hospitality is the God-given ability. One thing I want to point out is quite often the gifts need to mix together because somebody might be dying to have people at their homes, but they're not a leader or a teacher, so they don't want to lead a small group, so they don't do nothing. Well, wouldn't it be great if we found somebody with a gift of hospitality, matched them with a leader teacher, and then they hosted the small group at a house where somebody else led the small group? That's God's kingdom at work, folks. And so... Maybe you just need to let yourself be known. Like, this is what I do. I've heard people, uh, people come to Oakwood, and they, I love it. They're, they're so sweet. They come to me, and they're like, have you ever heard of a food train? Like, yeah, we do that. We have it. You don't know it, but they're working. You need to know that every week, people at this church are providing meals for people. Currently, every week, meals are going out to help people. Some are short-term, some are long-term. We need people to make meals and deliver them to people's homes. That's all you have to do. Who do you need to see? Janella Service. Please talk to Janella Service about that. She's doing a great, great job. All right, let's go on to the gift of intercession. The gift of intercession.
have a prayer team here and they meet when we have two services don't you meet uh, you were meeting in one one of the services they met and they prayed in the classroom if you're a person that this is your thing and you want to be a part of a prayer uh, talk to Jim and Cheryl Bongiorno and get involved in that specific Sunday morning prayer group but they also meet Tuesday nights at six o'clock right every Tuesday night at six o'clock here at Oakwood there's prayer you might not have known that but if you're a person of intercession you might want to come and join them in that We'll move on to the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge is a God-given ability to learn, analyze. as we're defining it the gift of knowledge is not that they come up with something brand new it's not a new revelation from god i understand that in some circles that is believed to be true that god gives a new insight i struggle with that and i want you to know that the gift of knowledge is knowledge of revealed word of god god has given us his revealed word uh, I, I hear people all the time say, God told me this, and he told me to share this. Well, if God's speaking messages to you, we've got to write them down and start adding it between Revelation and the maps, because his revealed word is his revealed word. And so I get worried when one person says, I've got the red telephone, the hotline to heaven, and I'm the only one who hears these messages, and God's telling you that you need to raise $8 million or I'm going to die by December. Uh, those of you old enough in the room know that that actually happened. Well, that's scary when God's giving you messages and they cannot be verified. So my personal bent is trust the revealed word. Study the revealed word of God. And then uh, those with knowledge have that special gift of seeing those things. Let's move on to the gift of leadership. Is a God-given ability to cast vision. And God gives those to the church. The gift of mercy is God. This is where I would like to ask who has the spiritual gift of mercy, but those people would never raise their hand because they're humble. How many of you know somebody with a gift of mercy? Raise your hand. How many of you can point at them right now? 
Okay, yeah, we know, we know where you're at. We do. We love you people. I love, I love mercy showers. I, we need them. God bless the church. He needs to give us these mercy showers to remind us that it's not always positions or plans. It's about people. So it's a beautiful gift. So thank you, those of you who have that wonderful gift. I'm lacking in that personally. I have some. Spiritual gift of prophecy. Prophecy. This is not the ability to see in the future. Right? This is not the ability to pick the numbers for the megalotto, okay? Um, you know, if you do have that spiritual gift, let us know and win, because we're trying to put a parking lot out there, and there's other things that need to be done. But I don't believe that that is what is meant here by the gift of prophecy. It's some sightseeing or future thing. It's preaching the Word of God. It's able to take the Word of God and make it relevant to the people. So that's the gift of prophecy. Shepherding. The definition of shepherding is the God-given ability spiritual welfare of an individual or small group or Christ's followers by nurturing, guiding them toward ongoing spiritual maturity. Scriptures listed. People give uh, with this gift like to provide guidance and oversight to small group of people, establish trust and confidence through long-term relationships, lead and protect those who are in their care. These people are... Nurturing, guiding, supportive, relational, influential. Potential ways to use the gift of shepherding, a small group leader, a youth leader, Sunday school or a Bible teacher, college ministry, elder of a church, I would also say, because our elders are shepherds. They're shepherding the church with me, which is a wonderful gift. The spiritual gift of teaching is a God-given ability to understand and clearly explain and apply the word of God in such a way that it's clearly understood by others. Teaching and preaching, by the way, are distinct. They sound very much the same. Some preachers are teachers and some teachers are preachers. And, and, but teaching is very much educational. While I believe prophecy or preaching is motivational, is, there's also a little... It helps if you have both, right? But there are distinct between. Some of you would say, I can never preach, but you can teach. Maybe in a small group setting, you could open the Word and clearly teach. People with this gift like to have extended times of study and reflection of God's Word, challenge learners simply and practically with the truths of the Bible, and give attention to detail and accuracy. Discipline, perceptive, teachable, practical, analytical, and articulate. Ways to use this, a Bible teacher to children, youth, or adults, teacher assistant, small group leader, teacher, tutor, coach. Gift of wisdom is the God-given ability to apply spiritual truth effectively to meet a need in a specific situation. People with this gift like to focus on the unseen consequences determining the next step to take. Provide God-given solution in the midst of conflict or confusion. Apply spiritual truth in specific and practical ways. These people are sensible, insightful, practical, wise, fair, experienced. 
member of a decision-making board or committee, counseling, mentoring coach, spiritual advisor. Some of these can sound close to other ones, and we had, you, you got three here that I think are similar, uh, words of knowledge, preaching, and teaching. But wisdom is very distinctly specific. Uh, you can be a preacher and a wonderful teacher, but then there's that person that's in the moment when you're, you're, I don't know, working someplace together and something arises, a situation in the group, and somebody right away says, hey, let's not forget what the Bible says, and they give the right there, and this is what we should do according to that. It's on the spot. It's immediate. I love those people. Uh, some of us don't have that gift of immediate recall of something right in the moment. It's a beautiful thing. If you have that ability to take God's word and apply it immediately, uh, that's, that's where knowledge is different than wisdom. Knowledge tells you facts wisdom applies those facts how do i take the word of god and apply it to a normal everyday situation so gift of wisdom Woo! sorry flying right past there so at the conclusion again i just want to remind you what we've already said that it is god's gifts given to god's children so god's world might be drawn to god's son 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you received to serve others. Romans 12.6, we have different gifts according to God's grace. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith. And on and on it goes. Use your gifts. Let me pray over that. And I'll have Ed come join me as we, there it is, we transition into a time of Uh, celebrating the Lord's table. Father, thank you for what you've taught us in Scripture and all the different passages regarding the spiritual gifts. May it not divide us. Even in our opinions about certain gifts, I pray we'd be unified. God, whatever you have gifted us to do, help us to do it with our whole hearts as unto you while serving the church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And what a beautiful opportunity to move right into a time of communion. We've talked about the body of Christ and how you're a part of that. Well, here Jesus has his best friends, closest friends, and he draws them near and he encourages them before he goes. There's some instructions given in 1 Corinthians 11, down in verse 27. It said, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. If you didn't get one, go ahead and head to the back and find one. They're getting more. We don't have any more anywhere. Check the check the freezer. I think there are some in the freezer. Apologies to those of you who didn't get one. You know it'd be really great. The people of mercy are already breaking their bread in half share. Amen. (laughs) I'm not going to encourage you to share the cup though. There's some, there's some coming. There you go. I'm going to give you a moment to pray. Consider what the Bible says about examining yourself. And if there's known sin in your life, if there's something that's keeping you from a direct, correct relationship with the Lord, then ask God to forgive you and set that straight. As Ed plays, take some time to pray.
23 of that same passage. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. Our Father, we come and thank you for this bread and what it represents. God, we know this doesn't miraculously or mysteriously become your actual flesh, but it's a representation of the sacrifice of Jesus. And we're praying this morning that we would remember that sacrifice that did set us free. So God, I pray that we would honor that by walking correctly with you, remembering often that you sacrificed, your body was broken for us. We thank you for that this day. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Father, we thank you today for this juice, the representation that the blood was shed. God, we know from Scripture, your word tells us that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So God, we know that when Jesus went to the cross, he offered his body, but his blood poured out. And in Colossians, we learn that that blood poured out over a list of our indebtedness, and it washed it away. So God, we stand before you guiltless and pure today, which is hard to fathom, we know, in this mire, dirty world that we live in, we end up with stuff all over us, sometimes by our own choice, sometimes by the choice of others. And yet, Father, we know that in you, you've taken care of all the junk the sin and the mud and the mire. And you've washed us clean, whiter than snow. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. He goes on to say, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until... He comes. I'm going to ask our team to come up and close us out with our song. We have a tradition here at Oakwood where we sing a, call, a song called The Blessing as a Benediction.